Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You know, you don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, and especially today, because we'll be exploring special effects wizardry in movies. And we're very lucky to have Dragon, Jornet, and Chuck Skull as our special guests. They've agreed to talk about the fascination and challenges of special effects work, as well as which films they would name the top five special effects movies of all time. You know, both Chuck and Dragon boast impressive movie credentials in such films as The Planet of the Apes, Demolition Man, Total Recall, Night Train, Conan the Barbarian, Eraser, and many more. In fact, when Dragon was only 10 years old, he won a year-long scholarship to the Renaissance School of Art in Oakland, California, and he's now an expert in props, costumes, weapons, miniatures, stunts, martial arts, and swords. Among his accomplishments are doing the props for Total Recall and choreographing the guerrilla fight scenes in Tim Burton's The Planet of the Apes. Chuck is known for his work in Night Train, which I just saw recently, and now I'm a little bit afraid of him, Under Lock and Key, and Death Riders. He also hosts some excellent shows on Blog Talk Radio, including Skull's World of Mayhem, Wacko World with Cat Vecchioni and Chuck Skull, Chuck's Golden Age of Radio. So before bringing our guests on, let's check with Nikki Starr to see if she's ready to help with the show. Nikki, are all systems go in the chat room? Hello, Nikki. Hello. We are ready to go. Sorry about that. I muted the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> see, I see. I was wondering if my phone. I was wondering no, was if my me. phone. Got cut off. <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, so would you let people know uh, who want to join in the chat? Would you let them know what they should do to uh, to be well, able to participate? You, right. If you want to participate in the chat, just click up uh, where it says login when you go to blogtalkradio.com. And if you don't have a login, then just create an account, and then you can uh, chat it, with me and Chuck. <laughs> Yes, it's very, very easy, and Nikki yeah, will be very. there to, uh, to to kind of move things along. And we we really appreciate the people who sign up for our chat, as well as our other listeners, of course. And we also appreciate Chuck and Dragon for taking the time to be Whoa. with us today. Yeah, so we've really been looking forward to this, so let's bring them on now. But, Nikki, uh, you know, Chuck is a fellow BTR host, so I think it's a professional courtesy to bring him on first. Chuck, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, finally. <laughs> How are you doing, Betty Jo? <laughs> Well, I'm so excited about you and, and Dragon being here today, and I want you to know how much I enjoy your uh, radio show, so I thought 
that before we get into our topic today, you could take a few minutes and, and tell our listeners when uh, they can hear your shows on Blog Talk Radio. Okay, well, Saturday mornings at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern is uh, Golden Age of Radio. Oh, that's and, great. And Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern is uh, Wacko World with Kat Vecchioni and myself. And then Sunday night at 8 p.m. is Skull's World of Mayhem. And the other <laughs> week I do uh, a show at 10 p.m. on Sunday called uh, Audiophile. What is Audiophile, Chuck? That's the only one I haven't listened to. Okay, uh, that's me and Larry McGinnis, who's one of our sponsors on uh, Wacko Network. And uh, he owns an online record store, and we just talk about music for two hours. So you have mayhem and music and golden age of, of radio and wonderful discussions with Kat. <laughs> you really, have, your diversity it, it impresses me. I'm I'm so glad that uh, that we have you on uh, Blog Talk Radio and uh, and thank you for letting me know about Dragon. In fact, let's bring him on now. Dragon, thanks for agreeing to be on our show today. Hi Betty Joe. Hi Chuck. <laughs> hey Dragon. Oh. Hey. They know each other, <laughs> no, no oh, doubt my, about Dragon's that. my twin brother. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck and I yeah, ran I couldn't through, tell uh, that. I definitely couldn't we, tell that, but but I, I I am so happy both of you could could join us. And I'm wondering, Dragon, how did um, mm-hmm. did you happen to become interested in in uh, special effects on film? Oh, um, well, let's see. First off. Um, when I was a kid, I was a kind of a a jock nerd. I read everything. I watched um, a lot of films, Ray Harryhausen films. My favorite movie of all time was uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I sat in a theater at a young age and watched the entire film. I watched it four times in one day. Um, oh, my God. My sister worked at the... Uh, at the UA Theater, it was playing in the big dome, the Cinerama Dome, and I found out that that same day that I was there, opening day, Tom Hanks was in the audience. We we found out about this at the at the big at the big uh, uh, anniversary that they did of 2001 at the Directors Guild. Uh, Tom was 15, sitting in that same theater, and I was there in the middle of that theater that same day. So wow. it's kind of funny, um, but those are the things I I did. I read books, lots of books. Um, I. Uh, I got very much involved in it because, um, to me, I was I loved the space program, and the closest thing I could see besides real space was, you know, Star Trek and and um, all the Ray Harryhausen films. Uh, Harryhausen was one of my heroes. The the first thing I ever won an award for was for a stop motion animation, and um, oh. that was when I was eleven. I won an award when for that when I was eleven. So you have yeah. a long uh, background and and a wide background in the in the field and. Uh, and, and, and you're still in it. Now, I, I understand from t- speaking with Chuck this morning on the Wacko Bob show that he uh, has has uh, left the field, but he's had um, uh, quite an impressive run, too, with well, movies. He had a job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so, Chuck, so how did you, how did you, get it, how did you uh, happen to become interested in special effects? Was it because of Dragon? No, actually... Uh... I had gotten in the business about eight years ahead of Dragon, actually. Yep. Yep. Ah. And, uh, and uh, much like Dragon, I, I was a huge Hattie House fan. Yeah. Me too. 
So that was one of my thrills was getting to meet him when he was uh, in L.A. to get his Lifetime Achievement Oscar. Yeah. I met him when he was signing his books, and I have a picture of myself with him, which was just that in itself was a story. <laughs> oh. Um, he, a friend of mine told me Harryhausen was, was at the Pasadena Center. They were doing a, a sci-fi convention at Pasadena Center. And my friend told me he was there, and I hadn't heard anything about it. I was working at my shop, and my friend handed me a bunch of money. says, go get two books, one for me, one for you. You can get in. I know you can. (laughs) I threw on my my Star Trek jacket, which at that time used to get you in if you were, because I was a crew member jacket. It would get you into the places like that for free, because a lot of people knew me anyway. So I I raced down there on my bike, got in, and as I get in, I could hear this British voice in the auditorium. And I'm, like, walking real fast for it. And I got a lot of friends yelling at me. And I'm like, hey, got to go, got to go, got to get up. And I'm running through the, audit, through the thing. And I look over as I get out there. He's off the stage and walking. And I've never seen him. But I have a feeling that's the guy. And there's a line forming. So I run over to the line and get in. And I ask, is this the Harryhausen line for the books? Because I've missed <laughs> this whole speech. But they're all like, yeah, yeah. So I jumped in it. And a friend of mine who... Uh, got in about two people behind me. He says, oh, we're going to go get something above. We'll come back. And I'm like, you probably shouldn't. I just have a feeling. Well, he left, came back, and he was like 20 people behind me. He didn't get a book. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oops. But I got the book. I got there, had my had him sign it. I got one for me and one for the guy that sent me down. And I asked for a picture. And his, his handler said, no pictures, no this, you can't sign anything. He basically told the guy, here, you take the picture. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I have a picture yeah, you're, behind the desk. So, oh, yeah. Well, you two are uh, then Harryhausen uh, influenced both of you quite a bit. I was a big fan. I, didn't he do uh, and a lot earlier than the two of you, of course? But didn't he do oh, yeah. the uh, special effects on uh, Sinbad, the Those sailor? Were I think. Yeah, all the Sinbad films, Gold, Golden Age of uh, yep. a Golden Voyage of Sinbad with. John Wayne Ker- kid, yeah, Kerwin Ker- Matthews and and those guys. There was um, it, just everything. I mean, even Valley, Valley of the Guanji. You know, there's a whole bunch of obscure ones that nobody really knew he did. And um, yeah, twenty million miles to Earth. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ymir, he that creature. From beneath the sea. He was you so know, Earth versus the flying saucers. You know, Earth yes. versus the flying saucers. I have one of those models. I have a, a copy of one of those models that was given to me years ago. And, it was just an amazing thing off of one of the wooden masters that he had. You know, I, I oh, collected Harry House stuff. He was great. He, I really did enjoy all of the all of his uh, work. And now you both have uh, put every you know all of the experience that you've had together, and it, it, and it's quite lengthy. And uh, out of all the film projects that you've done, we're, we're sort of concentrating on film because, after all, this is Movie Addict headquarters. I'm right. sure you you both have some some favorites. Dragon, which uh, would be your favorites of the uh, films that you've worked on and done special effects on? Uh, oh, let me see. Um, AI, uh, artificial intelligence. Oh, um, yes. that was one that I I really enjoyed working on. Um, that that film, there was a lot of breakthrough stuff on that. Um, it was funny because I, I had tried to get on Stan Winston's crew and didn't make it onto that crew and ended up building armor, uh, uh, body armor for the bike riders, the motorcyclists that grab Haley and the other guys and, uh, and drag them out of the woods when they were in the, in the, 
in the house. They're the guys, the three guys on the motorcycles that attack the yes. house that they've hidden in. Okay, that so was my that. job. Now was to make, uh, for our listeners, yeah. that's Haley Joel Osment so, that you're yeah. talking about. Great that was in, uh, Yeah, yeah. Great Haley Joel Osment and, and Jude Law. And um, right. that film, just being on set, we were at the Long Beach Dome uh, for about 30 days shooting that sequence, uh, the whole flesh fair sequence with all the robots being torn apart and all that. Realized a lot of those robots were actually robots. I mean, they were, they were fully functional. Uh, they weren't automata- you know, automatons. They had people that were running them. But they weren't just, you know, wire-guided stuff. They, these guys actually built this stuff. Stan Winston's crew did. The suits that we built um, had to integrate with motorcycles that were built by another team. Uh, mm-hmm. And and those suits that we made, we built three of them. I got I actually ended up meeting uh, Mr. Spielberg because of those suits. Uh, Bob Ring, with the designer, uh, marched me up to him uh, to introduce us because he really wanted to see who had made the suits. And that was really cool. I had no I had no idea. I was just walking by with a helmet in my hand, and Bob dragged <laughs> me over to meet him. And, oh um, my gosh! Yeah, and Skull had worked with Bob when we did when we did uh, uh, Demolition Man. Bob Ringwood was the designer on that one. But but um, yeah. I got to know him on that one, and like I said, he when I ended up working on uh, on that film, uh, Mr. Spielberg said he was going to take all three of those suits and put them at his office, and I thought, oh yeah, you mm-hmm. know that's cool, right? Well, when I went to Warner Brothers, I, I work as an archivist at Warner Brothers. When I went to Warner oh. Brothers uh, to the archives later on, the three motorcycles were there, but the suits weren't. And mm-hmm. I asked one of the archivists, well, "Where's the suits?" He said, "There's Spielberg's office." No. <laughs> 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 I I had no idea. I didn't think he was really going to do it, and he did. All three suits—the red, white, and the blue one. Oh my you know, gosh! That, you know that film well, was could... the groundbreaking stuff on that. You, the, the teddy bear that walked around, right? That that was yeah. done sort of a Bun Raku style. They had a guy operating it. The teddy bear had a, an arm that came out of the back, and yeah. that arm was attached to the guy that walked it. Okay, uh. but it was totally. The robot itself, the, 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 the teddy itself, was actually robotic. Um, it moved, the head moved, and all that. All the stuff went to the umbilical that this guy was attached to. And then the robots that were there, when you look at the flesh part where you see all the robots in the cages, right? Yeah. Some of the, underneath, underneath the cage, there is an entire room that is filled with technicians from Stan Winston's that were underneath oh. the floor running the robots that were stuck in the cage. And then some of the other robots were real people that they blue-screened portions of their faces out, such as Mm -hmm. the robotic nanny. The robotic nanny girl, they had a robotic version of her. They had a, a, if I remember correctly, they had like a copy of her face that was done as a robotic piece. But she was standing there the whole time. I was right there with her. She was standing there with a, a portion of her face painted out, and they had tracking dots that were there basically to be able to remove that portion of her face for the film oh my gosh um, when everything looked so great in that film i i can see yeah. why that would be a, a favorite of yours that artificial intelligence i i really but enjoyed it it's not just because i worked on it i actually got to look in really deep and that's one of my things is as a geek you know it's like you you're <laughs> building this stuff but you're also looking at the other stuff that people are making. You're going, not only, you know, you don't, you don't hate on them, wow, they did a great job. You're like, whoa, what did they do? How did they do that? And a lot of those guys I know, so it's kind of, it's interesting. We grew up, you know, we worked in the business together. We've all worked, you know, the special effects industry, we cross over all the time. Mm-hmm. There, when you work on, like, the Batman movies, I worked on a bunch of the Batman movies, and you follow a crew from crew to crew from each movie. 
So that's yeah. sort of how it works. And, you know, it's like when we, when we build models, the same thing. A skull, you know, uh, when we were doing model runs, what was it like to pull crews together for that? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's called well, pull, up, pull favors and pull teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'd say for me, one of, my, for one of my major picks would be AI just because of all the specialized things that were done to do that movie. Besides the CG stuff that they did, there was an awful lot of real, actual, physical things made. You know, yes, uh, Fifth and, Element. Fifth Element is looked, the same thing. And Fifth Element. Oh, yes, the blue, um, Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's another amazing special effects film. You realize that film was on the cusp of the transition of miniatures and models and CGI yeah. when that film was being done. They, you know, there were a lot of things that happened with that film. You know, there are 35 and 40 foot models that make up the city, but you also oh realize that a lot of the car models. So people thought that was people were under the mistaken impression that the majority of that film was CGI, mm-hmm. but it's not. Okay, they were kind of pushing it to kind of, kind of say, yeah, it was all CG. That's a lie. The, the, it's like the, the president's car at the end of the film, the big black limo. Yeah. That's a model. That's, it's four feet long. Really? Okay. Oh, I would never have thought of that. So the computer-generated yeah. uh, uh, images. Um... No, it wasn't all that. Was, they, they added layers to it. But the majority of that stuff was done in miniatures. If there are photographs of people walking around 35-foot-tall models of downtown, okay? Mm-hmm. There are multiple images. They finally, when they did a, fi- a behind-the-scenes special, they actually showed the animatronic for the car going through the, the chase sequence when he's being chased by the police. And he goes into that one section of tubing where the car's jogging back and forth. They actually showed a piece of that footage in one of the making ofs, but the majority of the time they tried to say, oh, it was CG. Uh-uh, the Flossed in Paradise is a huge model. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so there's a lot of these things, you know, where they well, say, that, yeah, it was all, it's all CG. It wasn't. Well, it was a great film, and um, whenever it's, it's shown on television, I, I try to catch it because I, I missed you know, it's got so much going on that it's a film that you can watch, and, and yeah, over and over. Yeah, and you find new and you find new things in it. Well, those are two. I think that that's those are two good choices to to have as favorites. Chuck, uh, do you have some favorites of uh, films that you worked on? Uh, 2010 was a yeah, lot of fun to work on, but uh, probably I had more fun with uh, Dune. We did the uh, we did the close-ups of the moon when it was being split apart. The FX shop I was working for at the time, Monumental Effects. And and that's, that's a June. Yeah, they were June. June. Yeah. Oh, that was eighty four. Yeah, yeah that, that was like I was two years in the business by that time. <laughs> oh, it was uh, that was beautiful. And what about two? And you said the other one was two thousand ten. Yeah, uh, the sequel to uh, 2001. Yes, I, I don't think I saw that. It's another mid-80s film. Hey, Chuck, I have Lithgow's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Stinker. Uh, what? What? I, I, told, I told you, listeners, they know each other. <laughs> We're have no, we are literally twin sons of different mothers. We, we, rode, 
we rode through downtown L.A. during the riots with him on the back of my motorcycle with no helmet on, and the cops just looked at us and said, go right on, gentlemen. Yeah, the twin brothers, yeah, brothers by another oh, yeah. mother. I see what you mean. Oh, no, exactly. We've always had, had each other's back when we weren't working films, dragging it and work for me as a bouncer. Yep. <laughs> I do martial arts. A lot of what I did when I wasn't working on films. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, when it's, when there's certain times and periods where it, the the work itself dries up, then comes back, and then dries up, then comes back, and in between that, you do all sorts of stuff. And and uh, you know, Chuck and I would go and work at different places. If I had a job, you know, and I needed somebody, I could call him. But he called me. We did we did stuff like you know, we were uh, security at at, uh, at events uh, that were happening, or art shows and things like that. Or and then we also bounced at different clubs, Bordner's Bar and Grill. Um, which was really kind of cool because that was an incredible place of history in itself. You know, mm-hmm. just the people that had been there before us. And then I actually threw the Planet of the Apes rap party uh, for the 2001 Apes. I threw that at Bordner's, you know, with mm-hmm. the help of Chuck. That was an incredible event. <laughs> well, that, that would be. But now what what have you done or what uh, film have you worked on where – you had the the most difficult challenge in the area of special effects, Dragon. Ooh. Oh, wow. Uh, War of the Worlds, we got called it to a fix um, by Stan Winston's. They were busy. They were up to their butts. And what happens is friends call friends. And um, uh, some of my friends were working at Winston's at the time, and there was a sequence where uh, they had to make the river run backwards. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the spaceship is underneath the ground. And something magnetic happens, and it makes the water literally run backwards in this river. So we had to build a section on a platform of river bed that had water that ran through it, and we could reverse the water run Mm. so that Tom Cruise could stand on the edge of the water, look down at it, and see it running one way, then stop and run the other way. Oh, my. Um, That that was one of them. Um, Chronicles of Riddick. we made full. We made armor for that, and um, I had to design stuff for that. That wasn't so much the effects portion of it as, for me, the design and construction of the prog- process. The Mister Freeze suits for Batman. Um, oh those yeah. Were, we those were hand hammered out of aluminum. My teacher, Master English, um, and I and the crew. You know, we there was about probably six people on that crew. Uh, him, he, his son, his nephew. Um, and I was involved uh, doing a bunch of the fine detail work, and then I was also the assembler for all the helmets and doing a lot of the hammering. I was apprenticing with Master English at the time. Those suits themselves were amazing. Uh, they weighed 47 pounds, which included a 14-pound backpack, and they were uh, aircraft aluminum, hand-hammered out. Over a, oh um, about a six-month period of time, we hammered out six of them. We could actually do one a week. But the problem was that they were making changes to the suits, so you'd scrap a whole suit and start over. <laughs> I guess you'd have to do that. Yeah, but it was. We had a, a, an altar fine. of stuff. Yeah, you you, uh, you you overcame the challenge. You you met the challenge, and and uh, and and the things that you put together worked. And Chuck, did you have uh, some challenges or or some things that you thought were the most difficult when when you were doing special effects? Well, we had one where uh, I worked on West Craven Shocker, and we had to build uh, a two-story house in an 18-foot-high warehouse. 
And by life Chuck, size, you did it, didn't you? House. So we built it separate, you know, like, uh, second floor was actually six feet off the ground. <laughs> so the actors could come up, like, if they were coming up steps. Oh, my gosh. It's and then uh, all the walls had to be removable for camera angle. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> you guys, I mean, this. I think it's probably exciting work and, and very, very satisfying uh, work, but uh, I know that uh, that Chuck uh, is no longer in the field, and, and Dragon, you're you're still going strong. So, so Dragon, what do you enjoy the most about being in this field? Um, there's always an insane run at something, you know. When the stuff that we do is always an adrenaline rush, whether it's stunts or building things. Like, you know, tonight I'm going to start building a leather suit of armor. I have to do uh, drawings for a film that's shooting this weekend. Last weekend I did stunts. Saturday, I was doing stunts all day uh, and coordinating stunts with friends of mine. Uh, we did a, a full shoot in full armor, uh, fighting with superhero-type stuff. Um, I, You know, there, you never know. I, one week, I'm building bows and bow and arrows. The next week, I'm building space laser guns. Um, you know, I, it's it's always amazing. And then you get you get films that, that do challenge you, like Waterworld. I worked on Waterworld for almost seven months. And oh we did God. so many different props for that, everything from from crossbows to a, a net launcher that we shot at my boss, and <laughs> we tested it out <laughs> on my boss. I just sent him a picture; he loves it. Um, but you know, I was inspired the stuff that I do by guys like the Lidecker brothers, and and they were the guys who engineered the the flying airplanes in our World War II movies from back in the fifties, right? The light yeah. actors were famous for doing those rigs. You got people like like Wa Chang who did the flip communicators and the Gorn and stuff like that for the original Star Trek series. You know, you have guys like uh, the guys that did all the stuff for uh, for uh, two thousand one. Uh, oh God, I just slipped it just slipped my name. Slipped my mind. Um, Gary and Sylvia Anderson. Yeah, the Andersons. But but I'm I'm trying to think of. It's like I was just looking through a bunch of stuff from them. Um, you know, the people that built this stuff, it's like if you look at Star Wars, the, there was groundbreaking stuff that was done in cinematography for there, but, you know, Douglas Trumbull and, and those cats and, you know, Dennis Murin and those guys doing things for E.T. Oh, you know, when yes. You, when you look at all of this, like, I, I want to I wanna know who made this stuff. When I was watching films as a kid, I was a kid who sat and watched the credits. And I wasn't seeing who Me the too. actors were. I didn't really know who the actors were half the time. I knew that that prop guy and those prop guys and the model builders, those were the names yeah. I was looking at. You know, when, when Terry English came into my shop, we were, we were, I was working the proper effects, and he came to visit because he wanted some Star Trek stuff for his, um, for his restaurant Excaliburs. I saw him, and I said, hey, uh, I'd like to apprentice with you. <laughs> I know who you are. You did, you did Excalibur. You did Aliens. You, you know, and he was impressed enough to at least give me a chance. And thus, I ended up making them a free suit, and you know, I make armor for a living now. Oh my gosh! Well, you well, you no wonder you've you've stayed, and it sounds like you really do enjoy it, but and you never get bored, and you seem to be probably when you see the finished product, it's it's so satisfying for you. And my goodness, our time is really going by, and I I promised our listeners that we would uh, <laughs> put you two uh, kind of on the spot, and. Uh, 
find out what you think are the five top special effects films of all time. So, so we better turn to that now. So we'll have time time to do it. And Dragon, let's let's start with you since you've had the most uh, experience. Which which five movies? Uh, if you can't come up with five, just uh, what are your top uh, your picks for the the best special effects movies of all time? Oh, Ooh, boy! All right. Well, if we're talking. From from beginning to end, for me, it would have to start with 1927, Metropolis, Fritz Lang. Metropolis, okay. oh, good. Metropolis, okay? That was yeah. groundbreaking in its time. And think about it. There's still stuff. As an armor, as a guy that makes, makes costumes, that suit, the Maria, she inspired Star Wars' you know, uh, golden man, you know? Yeah. So you've got to look I... at that. She's the reason okay. that even existed. Okay, um, but you look at that Metropolis and stuff like that. Um, the original War of the Worlds, okay, the one that was put out in the fifties. The that still amazes me. I love that, and I know how it was done. I can see the wires, all of it. I don't care. It's still an amazing <laughs> film. Good, good. Okay, um, AI. Of course, I already said that. Fifth Element. It, it, to me, Fifth Element is is a big ice cream cone of special effects. <laughs> AI was that. a serious romp. It's true. You know, and AI was exactly at the opposite end. It was cold, hard, felt like, you know, kind of like one of those things where, ooh. Uh, uh-huh. But it, it looked real. Everything looked real. It did um, to me, yes. Um, I've seen other films that, that, you know, people say like, like you know, uh, who was it? Uh, I, Robot. Uh, I wasn't that impressed. Um, let me see. Avatar, so far, you have Met- Metropolis, War of the Worlds, that's in the 1950s, AI, yes. and Fifth Element. Yeah, and I got one more. And I, you know, I saw Avatar, and I thought it was really impressive, but I, I would throw Avatar out the window and go right back to the original Star Wars 1977. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said that, because that's on my list. But I wonder about you, Chuck. Would those be... Your picks the, for the top five? Well, Metropolis, Metropolis definitely. Okay. About the same time was uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. 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 Good one. And then uh, Freaks from that same same era, the silent Freaks? film yeah. days. F-R-E-A-K-S. Yeah, oh, yeah I remember that. Yeah, scary as heck at that time. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, still. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, the bird I just saw it a few. That, I just saw it a few woman. weeks ago, and uh, it, it it holds up well. So you've got Metropolis, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, and Freaks, and are there two others that you'd like to mention? Well, uh, Ray Harryhausen's Twenty Million Miles to Earth has always yeah. been a, an FX favorite of mine. That, that's actually the film that got me involved in wanting to do anything in the film industry. Period. Great. And yeah, the could... of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the last one you mentioned? No offense to Dragon, who was one of the gorillas in the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, no, the, the original the, Apes. I'm with you. The Planet of the Apes, the original one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, so. the, the effects in that were amazing. I think There so was too. one other I had on there that Dragon worked on. It is one of my favorites. And he worked on that with an old drinking buddy of mine, Robin Williams. Uh. <laughs> Bicentennial Man. Oh yeah, Bicentennial Man. I, I remember that. That was that, that was interesting. So these I are will agree. these are 
he does. I knew we would probably get in an argument on that, but but that is a, a very diverse uh, list. And uh, but both of you agree on the on the metropolis. And um, and I since it's my show, I get to pick two. But I I will go along definitely with that first Star Wars movie. Yeah. It just absolutely blew me away, and I I could not believe. Those ex- oh those extraordinary creatures and all of the special effects and the you know flying through those canyons zooming through those oh it was just absolutely spectacular yeah. and I I hadn't seen anything like that before and I was just overwhelmed and I would go with well I guess I could take uh, five of the movies uh, from the Harry Potter franchise and and put them in there but I'll definitely put in the uh, first one because I read the first book and I thought this has got to be a movie and because everything just cried out from the page make a movie yeah. make a movie and when I saw the movie the the effects were even better than I had expected those oh my gosh the the quidditch match then then they have these moving staircases and the portraits that that came to life and the three-headed dog fluffy and the sorting <laughs> hat everything in that movie then I'm going back to 1939 with the uh, the Wizard of Oz with uh, that tornado, which I guess was just made out of a stocking or something. But it scared me half I, to death when I when I saw it. And Star Wars and the first King Kong. Uh, but yes. of course, I was a very uh, impressive age when I uh, watched that movie because I did see the original, and I just was blown away by the by the ape and the airplanes flying around the ape and King Kong. Maybe this is a good place to see if uh, if Nikki has any comments or um, or some responses from the, the chatters that she'd like to, to report. Uh, Nikki, uh, are you available? And uh, can you t- give us uh, any comments so far or any questions from the chatters? We don't have any questions, really, but we have a couple of people in there. Richard Smart's in there. Then we have a guest, and, of course, Chuck's in there with us. So, yep. How about you? Are there any special effects films that, that you would like to mention that we haven't put in our top five? No, I actually think you guys did a good, great job of picking them. I do. <laughs> you do, and you're afraid to mention uh-huh. your favorite one. I am. I'm not going <laughs> to. I was going to mention... I was I was going to mention the uh, I was going to mention Transformers, but I I I know that Nikki doesn't want to get in an argument with our guests here, so yeah. I'll, I will skip, <laughs> I will definitely good. definitely right. skip skip that. I was um, I was a Transformers ahead, fan of the cartoon. <laughs> why 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 not Transformers uh, Dragon? Yeah, really. Why didn't you like it? It's a bunch of parts. All right, look, I'll tell you, I did, a, I did an obscure robot movie called Robo, Robot... Uh, they did, the first one they did was called Robot Jocks. This, the one that I ended up in was called Robo Warriors. And we did 12- and 13-foot-tall robot suits. And uh, we actually had one that transformed down to the ground into a rolling robot, okay? And this was on a budget of $6 million. We did these gigantic robot suits. We wore them. The best compliment I got was that they thought it was Harryhausen stop motion animation style, and it wasn't. It was us in suits. But I showed everybody Harryhausen stuff. But my thing was that we actually had to make stuff that transformed. When I saw Transformers, and mind you, I liked the Transformers cartoons. I was a big fan of those. 
when I saw Transformers and they didn't actually do what they needed to do, you could just see it was a bunch of parts flying around and landing. I mean, they finally got, I guess, in the last one or the last couple, they've actually gone to the point of trying to make stuff look like it works. But my problem is that because the way my head works, when I see stuff just float around and become a suddenly, hey, hey, it's magic, it doesn't work for me. And it was just oh, a big, loud bang-up. No, it was just it. a big, loud bang-up to me, so that was my problem. Yeah. No, I love well, it. And yeah. I was, I'm definitely their target audience because I don't really need to be entertained. Yeah. I have a huge suspension of disbelief, and I was scared myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was the same. I was with uh, yeah. I was with uh, Nikki on this. So, well, I think it's a time. It's time now for uh, for a, a short commercial. Okay. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now, back to our feature. (laughs) Thank you, Steve Mendoza, for that promo. And I'm so glad you mentioned Confessions of a Movie Attic because I think my... um, Amusing Life at the Movies memoir would make a fun gift for any movie fan on your holiday shopping list. And you can obtain copies from Amazon.com, dear listeners. There's the paperback copy that is available, and also it's available in the Kindle store as an e-book. So thank you, Steve. Steve Mendoza has a wonderful show on DreamStream Radio, so I urge listeners to, uh, to check that out. And um, I also would urge listeners to check out Nancy Lombardo's Comedy Concepts show, which is, uh, is aired here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday at 10.30 Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. It's just filled with uh, entertaining uh, comedy sketches and with uh, the hilarious Nancy Lombardo interacting with the chat room and um, it's uh, it's a must here so uh, I, I would like to urge listeners to also check out uh, her show and I will urge listeners to check out all of Chuck Skull's shows on Blog Talk Radio and I want to thank the uh, Wacko Bob Network, all the folks there, Richard B. Smart and uh, Kate, Kat Vecchioni and Chuck himself and uh, Wacko Bob and uh, all the wackos and wackettes associated with that uh, that network, which is part of Blog Talk Radio, for being so supportive of uh, Movie Addict Headquarters. Well, we have a couple of minutes left, and I think what I'd like is to um, ask uh, both of you, Chuck and Dragon, if you have anything else you'd like to add about uh, movie special effects. Uh, Chuck, why don't you go first on that? Well, being an old model builder in that, I, it, I, I'd love to see them doing more with the recreation of items, you know, smaller than life. Uh, Dragon had worked on uh, Escape from L.A. and built the whole L.A. Coliseum oh, on wow. uh, two four-by-eight sheets of plywood. That's effect, good FX work to me. Oh, that, that would that would be what? Unlike how do you re- a bunch of guys in blue suits and blue walls. <laughs> that, yeah, that really is I a good point. Yeah. 
and and Dragon, anything else you'd like to to add before we wrap things up? Um, I still like model building. I still think it works best. Um, Lord of the Rings proved it. They just did what we did here years ago. Uh, they added CG to do to extend stuff. But if you know, if anybody that watches all the behind the scenes, they did a heck of a lot of miniatures and models, and it proves that again, your eye notices these things. It looks real because it is real. And so I still say that miniatures and models work best, and then you can add CG in and play. Fifth Element is the best combination of those two. Um, two uh, was it uh, Terminator Two? It's all miniatures and models that are that just very little bit help with CG. Um, Independence Day, same thing. A lot of models, tons of them. I, I know. Trust me, I have an Independence Day spaceship. Um, when you look at stuff like that, there is a good blend of the two, and I believe that that's what people need to realize is that it's not all CG. So. Good point. And do you have any advice, uh, any advice, Dragon, for people who want to go into this area? Um, if you're doing it, like today, they, there's so many different things on the web where you can actually study. When I was doing the things that I did, I had to teach myself a lot, and I, I found a lot of books. Now there's so much out there. If you're, if you're thinking about going in one direction, look on the web and see if there's good information out there. There's chat rooms. There's other things that will help you out. Um, I myself show stuff on my, on my Facebook. It's just pictures, but um, I'm going to end up... I'm writing a book. Somebody asked me to write a book about doing effects and models, and I have a, uh, just an awful lot of pictures. So that's one of the things I'll be doing. Um, well, but I would just say a, do your best. Take pictures of what you do. Good advice. And will you keep us posted about that book? And maybe you can come back on the show and talk about it when, you, when, when it's uh, available. Would you do that? Yes, I will. Um, one last thing, if you guys want to see a lot of pictures of behind the scenes from things that I've done, you can go to my Facebook page, um, which is Dragon Drone. It's D-R-O-N-E-T, uh, Dragon Drone Facebook. That's all it is. And you'll find probably over 1,500 photographs. It's a great site. I, I urge all our listeners to take you up on that. Well, folks, as usual, our show has gone by too quickly, and it's time to wrap things up. I want to thank Dragon and Chuck for being such terrific guests. You guys are just given us fascinating information about this area, and we really appreciate it. Thanks also to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for for selecting today's episode as one of their staff picks, and that will be uh, running on the Blog Talk Radio site uh, starting midnight tonight for 24 hours. And to Nikki Starr for all her help, as well as to our chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for our annual A Christmas Story tribute featuring Zach Ward, who played the obnoxious red-headed bully in that classic family movie. And um, in the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. So to close the show, here's Elvis Presley to help get us in the mood for next week's A Christmas Story episode. Listen to Here Comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, riding down Santa Claus Lane. Blitz and blitz and all the hills are reindeer, pulling on a rain. Bells are ringing, children sing, all is merry and bright. Hang your 